Oh my God. Welcome to the third episode of the Malarkey Adventures with Jack and Shelly. My name is Jack. And I'm Shelly. We got a fun episode for you guys today. Today, we'll be talking about one of our favorite shows. Can you guess what show that is, Shelly? Of course I could. i tell you what. I'll tell you what, that boy ain't right. Yes, we're going to be talking about King, King of, of the, the Hill. Hill. You, so you want to make sure to grab your friends, your family, everyone that you know, especially if they are fans of King of the Hill. We're just going to do overall thoughts about the series and just talk about our favorite characters, favorite episodes. But make sure to grab your friends and your family all on the board and let them know to come get your dose of malarkey. So Good by Chuck Mangione. You know, Shelly, it was funny because um, we wanted to do a special transition song for this podcast because we're going to be discussing King of the Hill. But when we were looking through the Anchor app, um, there was the option for Feel So Good through Spotify, but it seems like with Anchor, it automatically played the song right in the middle and not so much within the beginning portion of where the classic uh trumpet sound came into play from the series yep yeah so we pretty much had to use our phones you know the whole youtube thing and uh be able to record it for you kind peoples and um yeah so this should be a pretty cool episode for those of you who are fans of the king of the hill whether you're new or older fans um it's funny because I actually consider myself more of a new fan because I I really came to like it in 2019, actually. And it was the most random time for me to come to it. But um, I think it was one of the episodes. What really hooked me onto it uh, was this whole thing, this whole conspiracy, this thing between Dale, yeah. Nancy and John Redcorn, which I found hysterical. Right. Like, how do you how does Dale not know? Right, right. <laughs> You know, um, it, it's so crazy. And, um, you know, you brought that up. So who introduced you to King of the Hill? Well, you had it on. Like, I just remember we were at our old apartment and um, we, you were just you just had it on. Like, and I was I was remember at first I was kind of like just doing my own thing. I had a little I was making some dinner or lunch or something. And then I, I just kind of listened to bits and pieces of it and I and it, it just—I was like, "What in the world are they talking about?" <laughs> right, right. Just some of the humor on there. It's like, I guess as a kid, I couldn't fully appreciate it because I was younger and went, went over my head or whatever. But yeah. as an adult, my gosh, yeah, hysterical. Yeah, I, I got to say personally, it's one of my favorite shows of all times. Uh, I remember when I first started to watch King of the Hill. This is—I think I even remember this. <clears throat> excuse me, when I was like a younger kid, I think um, when my parents had it on, 
um, they had it on in the background. Now, this was like within the late 90s, early 2000s when they were showing new episodes and uh, trailers for those new episodes of King of the Hill. And at first, I, I was kind of like you, where at first I didn't get it because of the humor, the style of humor that they were doing. But as I got a little bit older, um, I, I tend to appreciate it a little bit more. So I think when I started to become a fan of King of the Hill was when I was entering my middle school years. And I started to watch every episode that became available um, up to that point. What also helped was that they had a bunch of reruns to go along with that as well, too. Yep. And they were showing the episodes from Monday through Friday. So it was part of your uh, late night, not too late night, though, but like your evening lineup. So it would be around 7, 7.30. So, so when I was watching it back in the day, I think it started off with The Simpsons at 6.30, and then Malcolm in the Middle was at 7 o'clock. And then 7.30 was King of the Hill. And then whatever show was on, maybe Bernie Mac or some other, you know, one hit wonders show that Fox typically has <laughs> on. Like that one show that you probably heard of at the time, but then you haven't really heard about it before. It because kind of fades away. It fades away because Fox tends to do this thing where if the show doesn't become an instant hit, they just cancel it immediately but i will say i mean i will discuss this certainly in a future episode but bernie mac that's my man right there loved bernie mac growing up but again this is the this is about king of the hill so we'll focus on that but bernie mac you could expect a future episode on that one yeah so be be mindful of that we will be talking about bernie mac within the future but today we'll be talking about king of the hill and so this is not going to be completely organized, you guys, or we're not. If you're looking for an episode where you're just looking for a deep dive look into the entire series of King of the Hill, it's not going to be that kind of episode. What we are going to do is just talk about just the overall theme of King of the Hill, um, the history about King of the Hill, just a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite episodes, our favorite characters, and even, hint, hint, a spoiler where maybe there might be a, a reboot of King of the Hill certain comeback coming our way allegedly so allegedly so let's go ahead and dive deep into the uh at least in terms of the introduction of what king of the hill is so king of the hill is a show it was created by mike judge and greg daniels so it aired on fox on january the 12th of 1997 and i gotta say shelly this show lasted for a very very long time it did you know for most animated uh series well besides the simpsons which is still still continuing strong to this day uh no end in sight for the foreseeable future with that um yeah king of the hill lasted from i believe it was 97 to 2009 if i'm not mistaken and, yeah um, jack that's quite a long show so we're looking at about 12 years of non-stop seasons and to this day, and it's funny because we're watching FX right now, and what did you know? We're watching King of the Hill. And so it goes to show that, like, hey, you know, even if the series had ended over a decade ago, um, we're still getting reruns to this very day, which kind of says a lot when it comes to how successful this franchise was. Mm -hmm. And I think what's also... Uh, worth noting too it, it seems like even with every with every season every episode there was never really like a boring season or a or a, a bad season it was strong all the way through and i think what what actually uh 
it it actually did benefit them to finish when they did with yeah. the, what was it the 12 seasons or 13 seasons? I, I think it's like 12 seasons 12 that seasons. they had yeah um, i believe so yeah because i mean every season that i've watched um all of them are strong for most part they're strong they they never really took a dip um so let's talk about the characters for a bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's talk about, you know, Jack, who who is your favorite character in or characters in King of the Hill overall? Uh, that's a tough one because I like a lot of characters. And I mean, each one of them has their own unique background in terms of who they are and what they are able to bring to the show. So I'll just say in terms of, well, maybe Shelly, maybe this might help out. What I'll do is I'll give a list of my favorite characters and then that might help me to narrow it down to my favorite character. I think that might be a fair thing to do. Okay. So I'll say this. I do like Hank Hill. Now, for some of you who do not know who Hank Hill is, so Hank Hill works as an assistant manager for Strickland Propane. Um, so he has a wife named Peggy and a son, Bobby. So they live in this ranch-style house. He also has a niece named Luann and a pet uh, named Ladybird. Um, so Hank... The, the thing that I like about Hank is that he does present himself as your um, as your your stand up guy, the good guy and the guy who has a bunch of morals that he does the right things. And he is about making sure that things are done in a very traditional way. At the same time, though, when he is exposed to things out of his realm and that is not typically in his bubble. He has a very interesting reaction as to how he copes with it. <laughs> and I think, I guess it starts with Bobby as well, too, especially when you have different culture clashes that come into play. And so, uh, so I like Hank as to how he deals with them, how he freaks out about them, uh, whether if he gets used to it, he just doesn't like it. Um, so there's a lot to like about Hank. I also like, um, I like Dale. Oh, man. Now, let me say this about <laughs> Dale, um, and I have a feeling that might be your favorite character if I were to take a stab at it, though. So Dale is a paranoid, pro-gun, anti-government exterminator. And so this guy who is married to Nancy, they have a quote-unquote son. Well, Shelly, let me just say this. So Dale technically is a father, but he's not the biological biological father of Joseph. Or, uh, or so he says, or doesn't believe, or whatever. He believes that basically he believes that Joseph is his biological son. But we all know, including everybody else in his neighborhood, including Hank and Boomhauer, uh, Bill, everyone knows that Joseph is is really John Redcorn's son. Yeah, and so John Redcorn is the character where he is a Native American who is a ladies' man. Um, and he has a relationship throughout the series, at least especially in the beginning of the seasons, um, that he was able to have a relationship with Nancy, especially behind Dale's back. And the funny thing was that nobody, well, everybody knew about it. The only person that didn't know in the beginning was Peggy. Well, I'll, no one who, well, the only person who really doesn't know to this day is Dale. True. <laughs> but, but Peggy took a while, she took a while to kind of uh, clue into it, which was hysterical when she found out and i think like for me like the reason why i love dale so much is that he's just so gullible to that idea and he's such an and an, he's just a conspiracy theorist like he's anti-government like if you if the QAnon was available back in the day that would be dale and dale would be a part of the QAnon group now again Basically. and it, it, the thing is that like 
with Dale, he'll come up with so much conspiracy theories about everything and anything, but he is refusing to believe in the truth that Nancy and John Redcorn are the parents of his son, quote unquote, of Joseph Gribble. Well, basically, he 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 could follow and believe every conspiracy around him, but he he's blind to the conspiracy that's right under his nose, right under his roof. And that is just the funniest thing. Like I, I know I sound like a broken record. It's it's hysterical. It really is. Um, I guess you know what makes King of the Hill so. Um, it, it's just so relatable too, and, yeah. and the the humor is it's top notch. Um, yeah. And and I like I actually like Hank too a lot. Um, yeah. I would say like besides Dale, Hank is probably my favorite because he's like just this nice guy, upstanding citizen. He likes to do things in a traditional way. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't really mind that he's conservative either. I, I don't have a no. thing against that. Um, you know, it, it's just hysterical seeing his reactions in, in certain, you know, certain situations he finds himself in, whether, you know, it's uh, the episode with, uh, Oh, when, when Peggy Hill has to teach sex ed class, Bobby oh, says it, that was. <laughs> oh man, or or the time when um, what was it? I think the first episode when the social worker was coming to his house, and yeah, trying to make sure Bobby was yeah. okay, and um, you know, the thing you gotta love about Hank, like yeah, he freaks out, and he's not used to that stuff, but he he kind of still works his way around it yeah. he, while still remaining true to himself. And that, that I could appreciate, you know, too. Um, yeah. You know, you don't really have to change who you are, but still just be adaptable to the environment around you and, and right. go about that. Um, you know, Boomhauer and Bill, I, I feel like uh, those, those two guys are great. Um, they, they actually, I feel like for Boomhauer's case, he doesn't get enough screen time as he should. I, I agree. Or just uh, yeah. enough attention that he needs. Yeah. Maybe it's just because of the way he talks. Like, hey, man, doggone this. Right. I can't speak his language. But it's that, it's <laughs> that, 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 um, that I, how did, I wonder you, with Mike Judge, it's like, I, I think he described it as like that twang, that Southern twang that. It, I know it's a stereotype, though, but, like, people from the South talk. And I remember when he was on a talk show. I forgot which talk show that he, it was. He revealed the reason why Boomhauer was given that type of um, that type of speech is because um, one day when someone was on the phone um, or leaving him a message, message. like, a, the guy apparently sounded a lot like Boomhauer. And so I think... Um, Mike Judge found it so hilarious that he decided, hey, you know what? This would be a good idea for me to use as a character. And thus, Boomhauer was born, mm -hmm. which was fun. Now, um, let me ask you this question, Shelly, because we talked about maybe some of the favorite characters that you like. So we both mentioned, okay, we can agree. We like Hank. We like Dale. Um, what's your thoughts about Peggy? You know, Peggy isn't as terrible as I think people make her out to be. Um... You know, if you go back to the very beginning of the series, she's the, she's like that typical, not really a housewife, but she's she's a mom and she's a teacher and she really does prioritize, you know, her family. And I feel like her character development, you know, as the series went on, it could have it, it was annoying at times, but I feel like that's not something to really condemn her for. Right. I, I feel that's just, you know, natural character development right there. She she's a little crazy and obsessive and very, very selfish. I might add, but, um, very selfish. Yeah. 
But I, I feel like that shouldn't really, you know, ding her for ultimately really loving her family. She, I, I don't doubt her love for her family, for Hank, for Bobby. You know, she, she's just a little full of herself. Especially Luann. I really love her her relationship with Luann, right. you know, really trying to help her out. And, you know, for Luann, you know, you really feel bad for her because of her, her background and her parents just having the issues that they had. And basically just living in a trailer park. And, yeah, you know, um, I really love that relationship that developed over the series, too, yeah. uh, between Luann and, and Peggy. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they ended up having a stronger relationship at the end. Um, and for those who maybe haven't watched the show, so there was a guy that, named Lucky that came along. And um, when both Lucky and Luann decided to get into a relationship and then eventually marry, uh, Peggy was not a fan of Lucky. And thus, oh. and I think it was more because of the well-being for Luann that she felt like, and Peggy I'm just talking about, um, that... Lu she did not want Luann to go back into that trailer park lifestyle and saw Lucky and that's exactly what she thought of as soon as <laughs> he came along into the series and I actually love Lucky that's another character that I like I love Lucky a lot yes he's a bumbly idiot he's trailer park trash but what makes him so uh, such a good character is that like you can see that he's a genuine dude he's a good guy he's an honorable man he's an honorable <laughs> man even though he slipped on pp and got himself a settlement from costco how much was the settlement oh, i don't even remember like fifty seven thousand dollars he's treating as a settlement for slipping on pp at the costco <laughs> he treats it as like he won a million dollars i'm like bro that's a year's he, salary he doesn't even work because of that no he's retired for fifty seven thousand dollars <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's so many other characters that we could talk about though. So, I mean, we could talk about, I mean, I mean, the super Nupus pones, the cons family. So con men and, um, uh, Connie as well. And, um, I like them as well too. Um, you know, and even when it comes to con, uh, he's your stereotypical Asian, but I mean, he, he does play a vital role into the series as well, especially like in the beginning of the series where you have Connie and Bobby, they were dating for a few seasons. Mm -hmm. And then when, even if when they broke up, uh, they were still close. And even like in the beginning where Khan and Hank did not see eye to eye, even the rest of the group, like they didn't see the eye to eye, but over time, Khan actually became much more closer to the neighbors and to the Hill family as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think in one episode when the kids ran away, they went to that um, that one cave uh, and Khan yeah. had confided in Hank. Well, you know, I actually trust Bobby more than I would Joseph with Khan because Bobby's a good boy. He's not going to, you know, try anything with Connie, which yeah. I thought was kind of sweet there, you know, because I mean, as much as he, you know, probably doesn't respect Hank, um, you know, he could agree that, you know, yeah. well, you raise your son in a way that, you know, out of between Joseph and Bobby, you know, I'm okay with Bobby. So right. Definitely. That was kind of nice right there. And I really like Connie as well. You know, she's so sweet and I feel like, you know, she's, you know, she, she, there's something about her where like, you know, she, she, yeah, she's a honorable student and she's, you know, way above Bobby's level, but she, she likes his humor and, you know, she likes him for who he is. And that's, it's something like that, that just makes it kind of special. And, she likes all different activities, and I yeah. always like Connie. Yeah, and then one other person that we didn't talk about yet in detail, although we really should, is Bobby. 
Oh, Bobby, yes. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Uh, Bobby is one of the stars of the series. Uh, Bobby, he is a innocent teenager that just enjoys his teenage life. He is what you would expect from any teenager. Now, it's funny because throughout the entire series, um, the relationship between Hank and Bobby is you could tell it's hit and miss because it's two different types of personalities uh, colliding. So Hank is more of your older traditional man and Bobby is like your modern teenage boy where, yeah, he's not a tough teenager, but he's more, he's more um, polite, more friendly. He's not going to want to play. Although Bobby did try out some sports, but he's not into all that stuff. He's not into what a lot of what men would say is more ideal, but Bobby is, you know, he likes his video games. He likes hanging out with his friends. He likes going to concerts. And, you know, Bobby tends to be quite relatable to some people. Yeah, he, he likes jokes. He he's likes the magic tricks and, you know, little little gags and things like that. Um, he collects those troll, those little naked troll things yep. from back in the 90s. <laughs> yep. Um, and one thing I, you know, that I kind of, I don't know, maybe if this is just my observation or if it's like a... It probably could have been something I read over the internet. I, I find interesting that Bobby is almost like an anti-Bart Simpson in a way because he's right. not, not rebellious at all. No. Um, and I agree with you, Jack, when you say like, you know, but when it comes to his relationship with his father, it, it is hit or miss. But I think it, it's also partially a generational thing. Um, but I also feel like in, you know, in the deepest sense he he's also very much his his father's son and he Definitely. you could you could see throughout the series how much he really wants to impress his dad and how yeah. he looks up to him and is like man i just i just want him to you know give me praise in this area or yeah. rec rec recognize me here that i did a good job and and i think that it does happen over the seasons um from the the propaniacs when yeah. they did that little uh comedy tour with uh with hank's co-workers yes. and you know that that last scene where uh they were at the mall and i think uh bobby was doing was doing one of the skits and it was only hank that got the joke but that was what meant the most to bobby the whole mall ignored him but it was hank as long as life. yeah as long as he was able to make uh his dad hank happy laugh and proud then that's what mattered to him the most and it's funny because at the end of the series which it's pretty emotional because you kind of see it all coming together and you realize even with how much these episodes could be random at times, but you kind of see it, it, the overview of it where when you recognize that, and if you really had to put a, a pin as to like what the series was about, it was all about Hank and Bobby. It was mm -hmm. all about their relationship. And at the last episode for King of the Hill, you see Hank and Bobby both grilling and standing side by side and just and both of them acknowledging as to how happy they were together being yeah. father and son and everyone else was there the rest of the cast was there to celebrate uh this their bondage as to how they were able to you know cook on the grill together and bobby getting the recognition from his father and then hank recognizing that hey i love my son despite who he is um so for those who are wondering well what the heck is hank, uh, king of the hill all about if you really had to pin it it's going to be that it's about hank and bobby <laughs> even though it, there's a lot more to the series though but it is um it's mainly about those two yeah well it's slice of life too because he always got hank and his buddies yeah that. you know one character that we didn't talk about as well that i feel like we we almost overlooked was bill 
<laughs> Bill. Bill is a very lonesome guy. Um, he is so depressed. <laughs> like, you feel sorry for him, but at the same time, it's like, dang, Bill, come on. Get it together, right? Yeah, like, get it together, buddy. What are you doing? And But he, he, gone, he has gone through a bad divorce with his ex-wife, and because of the divorce, he's just now a very depressed guy. And... Um, it ruined his life. It completely, completely. He's desperate. He's lonely. I mean, like, you see some of the episode that he is just, you know, like, you know, what is he doing? Like, he's buying gifts for Lenore during the holidays. And, oh, like, he dressed up as Lenore. Even dressed up as Lenore. Mm -hmm. And uh, even at the episode, Lenore came back. And you know what? I think that really helped out. Um, um, Governor Richard was there in one of the episodes. Yeah. And Lenore showed up. And so I think it really took that. For Bill to just really move on from Lenore, yeah. say that like, okay, you came back into my life. We were, we were seeing each other for a little bit because we broke up. I broke up my relationship with the Governor Aunt Richards, but the only reason why you were with me is because I was with Governor Aunt Richards and nothing more of that. Yep. So yeah, Bill, lonely guy. He is a barber at the the army. Uh, but yeah, Bill, Bill is what you think Bill is. Oh yeah. Oh he's, man, he's gross he needs a shower i'm sorry but bill is lovable like he's a very nice guy but he's got some issues he he needs some therapy what about the man the old man who killed 50 men cotton my gosh oh cotton man. that old man uh, he makes me cringe a bit but at the same time i appreciate his you know he has a good relationship with Bobby. He you could tell he loves Bobby, but man, that man makes me cringe. <laughs> I mean, for good reasons too. I mean, like he is a paranoid old man who has, he's a vet. He's a vet post-traumatic stress disorder from the time of world war two, especially with the Japanese. Um, he doesn't respect any women at all. He doesn't respect any women at all. And even got to the point where like, when remember the episode with Hank and Peggy, uh, we're trying to have a kid. Cotton comes over with Debbie, and then they find they and Hank and Peggy oh, find Dee Dee. it. And Dee Dee, yeah, that's Dee Dee, what sorry, that's, Dee Dee. Sorry, Dee Dee, his Dee Dee. second wife, who's like yeah. a couple years younger than Hank or the same yeah, age, as the Hank. same age as Hank. And she's pregnant. I was like, how did the 75 year old man end up getting someone like her pregnant? Oh my gosh, I'm like, geez, what is going on here? So, yeah, I mean, that I thought that was just hilarious. That was funny. That was that was hysterical. Yeah. Um, but you know, you also could see where you know he he does have a a certain code of honor because the the time when uh Bobby went to church and ate the pastor's uh what was it her Luke's bisque or it, it's a type of a Minnesota fish dish I guess something like that something yeah. like that and he stunk up the bathroom. And, and and Cotton was willing to take the blame for it and for burning the church down and stuff. Um, he was willing to cover for Bobby in that way because he cares about him. Yeah, and also I, what I end up appreciating about Cotton is that, like, I think no matter what, I mean, it, it's kind of weird. I, I think the episode where I really felt bad for Cotton was was is unfortunately when he passed away. Yeah. Um, and then you know that Hank was you know had a hard time saying i love you dad but i think at the end they kind of came to grips with that and um before cotton passed away it was an odd bond at the end but this whole stigma of like man can't say i love you because you'll be seen as weak and soft which we could get into that topic another time but 
I just think that like for Cotton, he if we were talking about traditional lists with Hank Hill, I mean Cotton was definitely more in his way of being a traditional army vet old school American. Uh yeah, he had a lot of problems too, but I think through it all, like I think Cotton really did like I, I, I think he did love Hank, but he yeah, loved good yeah, Hank yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, we, he, and then he had the uh, Jirichio from Japan, his illegitimate son, son. In, in Japan. Yep. Um, in his own way, he loves his sons. He just probably doesn't express it in the way as like, "Hey, I love you." Like he, he's not going to do that. He, he's, he's too much of a, a hardcore guy for that. Yeah. Um, one another character I, I want to talk about, uh, and I know we're running out of time too. Um. Nancy Gribble, um, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about her. Um, one thing about her, I, I really w- wish that they had the opportunity to kind of delve into her backstory. Yeah. Um, because I feel like for her, you know, for her to make the choices that she's made and what she's done as far as like having the affair with John Redcorn, I, I think I just be would really, really be intrigued to see like, maybe how her and Dale's relationship began um, and kind of understand what led her to run to John Redcorn eventually. Um, To her credit, she did break up with John Redcorn and then became faithful to to Dale. But again, like I'm just really intrigued as I would really, I really wish I could know like, or they had spent the time to tell us like how that came to be. Yeah, I mean, maybe at some point they could explain it, but I, I think like for what we just do know about Nancy is that, you know, hey, she she is not only married to Dale, but she had a relationship with John Redcorn, you know, him being a massage therapist. Um, but also I think a little bit as to what we do know is that uh, for Nancy's mom, they're very similar because there was an episode where Nancy was losing her hair and she was, you know, talking to her mom was like, what the heck is going on? And then it turns out that like her mom it was in a very similar situation with what was it like the gardener that that oh, she yeah, was she with? Oh yeah, she said that she had a affair with their gardener, um, and that's what stopped her from losing her hair or somewhere. When when they broke up, that's when she started losing her hair. Yeah, so I guess like Nancy's uh, mom was encouraging her in a way to say, "Hey, go back to John Redcorn because it's going to alleviate any stress that you have, and that's not going to cause you to lose your hair." But you know, it's funny. So I, I think now what we're going to need to do, we're going to make a transition to um, talking about, we talked about some of the episodes, but I think what we're going to need to do is just talk about maybe our, maybe our, if we have to pin it down, maybe our favorite episode. And then also our thoughts about what could we expect from a possible reboot from King of the Hill. So, Shelly, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. So, with everything that we discussed, and we talked about a few episodes uh, throughout this podcast, if you had to narrow it down to one episode, what episode you would say would be your favorite? It's so hard because I have so many favorite episodes. I know. Um... Ah, let me think. You know, let me just say, like, off the top of my head, uh, 
the one with um the one where they they take the boys on the on the camping trip and, nice uh, yeah where they're like oh yeah uh, we matanye and i think that's the third episode of the first season i, right. I could watch that one over and over again literally um the other one is when uh the other one is when Buwan becomes a born again virgin <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Hank, I'm a virgin. (laughs) And Peggy says, does the same thing at the end. Oh, Hank, I'm I'm a virgin. virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. um, The other one is actually when um, Peggy finds out about uh, Nancy and John Redcorn's affair. That's another fun. That's a good one. That's Mm -hmm. a really good one. And I think the fourth one would be when Hank takes the kids to like one of those those um boy band concerts oh that's my four, favorite four, episode four yeah that is my favorite episode yeah so mm-hmm. actually you know what uh shelly that is my favorite episode the one with the four scores where hank hill is um taking bobby to a concert and even in the beginning where they were at the uh cd store the music store <laughs> hank had a bunch of cds that bobby got and hank was like nope 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 oh what's this and then it, Bobby was saying, it's four score. It's four score. <laughs> and then as Hank was listening to the music, he thought it was some type of harmony type of like acapella group where they were just singing some nice duet type some of good, song. wholesome song. Good, wholesome music. And then Hank came t- to the realization. And I got to say, in the episode, so I recommend you guys watch this episode because like there is a, a scene in that episode where Hank, when he is just... um. When he, when he was <laughs> when he was watching the concert from the skybox, and at first he was getting into it, it was like in heaven. Well, there's some good music, I'll tell you what. And then when the explosion comes out, Hank just has this look to him. It's like someone betrayed him. It is like one of the best anime betrayals of all time. It's so hysterical because you would literally watch that on your phone over and over again just to see his face. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Jack would just would literally rewind it. And then when the song came on, then they're stripping their clothes and <laughs> the strobe lights and everything. And, and then Hank is like, Todd, what are you doing? Oh, hey. Yeah. Oh, no. And then Bobby and, and uh. Uh, his friend, uh, the, I forgot the girl's name, but when they he started twerking, <laughs> hey, Dad, look, it worked. I'm dancing. Oh, hey, man. you stop that. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's actually my favorite episode. So to kind of say some of the other episodes that I like, so I like the episode where uh, Dale has, uh, actually a few of them are going to come from Dale. So one is when uh, Dang, Dale um, decides to get a, a job, a normal job, a normal oh, nine yeah. to five job, because Nancy <laughs> told Dale that, sure, you can't be doing this type of extermination work. You just got from back to the doctor, so it's bad for your health. So you got to get yourself a real job, sure. And so <laughs> Dale obliges and he gets a corporate job. Um, and then next thing you know, like, well, he hated it in the beginning. And then he just got so consumed by this corporate position. Because he was firing people left and right. Yep. And then that, basically he became the vice president of human resources or something like that. And then his job was basically to fire people. Basically. Because he had no connections with anyone within the office. And it came to the point where he just got so power hungry over that. And, uh, you know, he lost himself. Even his his friends. His own family didn't even recognize him anymore. Nope. 
And then it came to the point where Joseph brought over the roaches that he oh was going to do for the project. This is where it gets gross. Now all the roaches are within the office, especially within the break room. And then Dale decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stop this infestation. And he does. And he realizes that, hey, you know what? This corporate job is not for me. I'm born to be an exterminator. Yep. And then the other episode that I like was when uh, Dale <laughs> reconnects with his father. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and he discovers that his father is gay. That's a great. And he's at the cowboy rodeo and, and he has his boyfriend and they're, they're crying. And it's it's so funny. that what was funny. And then also when Dale becomes a, a patriot after realizing oh that the whole gosh. JFK situation might have been legit the whole time and wasn't a conspiracy. And he, then he believes the government and everything. And, and then he paints like uh, Hank's house with the giant America sign and the american flag on his house and that was great um <sighs> oh one of my favorites was when um actually when uh dale got a new mow he he had a new lawn mower yes and hank was was ticked off because um i don't know maybe it's because he it messed he, he dale had previously messed up his lawn mower or something to that effect and Hank stole his new lawnmower, yeah. and then made it seem like Lee Harvey Oswald stole the stole the mower and and really started messing with his head and just getting him all caught up in his conspiracy theories. And yes, it was it was just the funniest thing. And I, there's a quote in there that I absolutely adore, where he's like, "Oh no, we better tell him the truth, guys, because you know this guy's barely hanging on a." thread you know who knows what it's going to be like when he really goes over the deep end <laughs> exactly oh gosh see and here's the thing like uh, there's so many episodes that i like but I, i'll I, i'll say one more um as to like uh the other episode that i i'm a fan of so this is with uh con this deals with con uh con this is one of the newer episodes with lucky uh where basically with con he basically gives up on life and oh he becomes gosh. a redneck. And he is now trailer trash with Lucky and the group. And also with Min as well. And um, this is where they completely have lost it all. And they just gave up. They were about to be foreclosed. They were about to be foreclosed. They were like, you know what? Who cares? Like, who cares? Like, you know what? We don't have jobs. We're broke. Which is very similar to an earlier episode within the season where, um, where they were about to lose their home because Khan couldn't keep a job. And so, yeah, so it's that weird pattern as well, too, where it's like, man, when you've seen the super nuclear pones uh, give up, it's like now they're really going to lose their homes like just like that. That was quick. But no, what I really appreciated about the episode was when uh, I, I just found it funny with Lucky and how Khan was just, um, you know, responding to um to the reality of like what it's like to be a redneck trailer trash and all of it. Um, <laughs> And I thought that was like that little part of the culture clash was just funny to me. That was just funny. Uh, but let me just say this, Shelly, because um, before we wrap up this podcast, um, there has been some news going on recently. I want to say within the past few months that Mike Judge is looking to reboot the King of the Hill series. And when I first heard about that, I was excited. But then I had a few questions like, what is this reboot going to be about? Like, what are they going to do? Uh, so, but before we get a little deeper into that, what are your thoughts about a potential reboot of King of the Hill? Uh, so, Jack, um, I'm, sem- I'm, I am open to a reboot of King of the Hill, especially if my judge is my judge is going to be coming back. To along it, with Greg Daniels. Along with Greg Daniels. The only thing I'm kind of hesitant is that it's going to be like one of these these reboots, like nowadays, where they're kind of 
well, I guess more modern in, in the sure, sense. Yeah. I feel like, you know, especially now we're in a time where, you know, well, I mean, as you have all probably seen with the Oscars, nobody could really take a joke very well. Yeah. And I feel like uh, King of the Hill is one of those comedies where, you know, you, you kind of have to roll with it. Um, it, it is it is a comedy where people could easily be offended by it, but I mean right. it, it's just one of those shows like you know you're either gonna love it you're gonna hate it um, right and I, I would just hope that my judge wouldn't try to you know he wouldn't get too timid and and try to appease everyone yeah. just just stick with with the true soul of King of the Hill you know you're you're, you're gonna have your loyal fans there you're probably even gonna gain more more fans I agree but don't try I mean look to, at all the memes out there exactly exactly like don't try to appease everybody you're, you're not going to please everyone and even if you like if you try to you know you're going to really let the maybe the hardcore fans down um that's just my two cents of it another thing too jack um as you probably know as well i'm, I'm kind of in the air when it comes to luann and lucky because as right. we know both of both of the voice actors have since passed away since the series has ended um i'm still kind of curious to see how they would approach those two characters because I feel like even though they weren't like main main characters, they were still like probably the first supporting characters, first in line. Yeah. Um, I it, it would just it would be kind of sad to see him go, but at the same time, you know, it, it I don't really see it possible to find another voice actor actress quite like them. So I guess there there would just be a lot of questions in there, but I I do trust Mike Judge and what he's doing, and you know if there is a reboot, I think um. You know, I think it would be worth watching. I think so, too. Now, my thing is, um, I agree with you, Shelley. I, I think the comedy for King of the Hill, it's, it's very, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the comedy itself is very relevant, especially during the times of what it was. So I think that if they were supposed to, let's say if they're going to like do this reboot, um, I do feel as if like they have to make the jokes relevant. And I have to say, I have to agree. Um, they need to keep their humor as to how it was. Sure, you might not get away with some of the things you did back in the 90s and even throughout the 2000s, but I don't want the humor to be too sugar-coated, right? Right. Because right. comedy, it, we're at a weird point with comedy where if you say anything, uh, and I mean anything, people will get offended by it. Even if someone says, well, your feet are too big, like with Peggy Hill. Your feet are too big. Well, what's wrong with people's feet? Like, oh, geez, guys, relax. It's like, calm down. But ultimately, I do think that as long as Mike Judge and Greg Daniels have their hands on it and are able to just use the same charm that the original King of the Hill, King of the Hill series was able to produce, I do believe that it will be a success. Because if you look at um, if you look at the internet, basically all the social medias, people love King of the Hill. Yeah, and you see the reruns happening nowadays. I mean, you see it on FX, you see it on Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. It's on Hulu. People are still talking about it. It, it is still one of those shows that people like to discuss about to this very day. So if Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, I know you. I hope you guys listen to this podcast. You're probably not, but hopefully you do. Please keep the same com comedic formula. Do not change it. Yep. We are pleading at diehard fans. Keep it the way it is. Sure, you might have to modify a couple of things, though, but just, just you know, just keep the similar humor to it. That's all I got to say on that. Also, with some of the uh, characters, like with Luann and Lucky, even Cotton. So it's like, 
I mean, with Cotton, he's he was already written off. But now the question with Luran and Lucky, my guess would be that the way that they would tell that story would be that Luann and Lucky moved to, I don't know, a state like Oklahoma to raise their family. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, it, it to would write be them believable. Off. It would be believable just to write them off. But um, what's interesting, too, and I think uh, there had been some rumors around saying that they were going to age up the characters. Which, yeah. Um, By like, what, how many years? Like five, ten years? Quite a, quite a similar amount, maybe ten years. But it was going to be a jump. And I, I mean, I'm open to the idea, but I'm kind of sad, too, because that would probably mean we would no longer get Bobby's voice actress since, you know, by then Bobby would probably be a man and, you know, his voice would deepen or whatnot. Actually, I um, would love it if they kept the same voice. It would be great if they kept the same voice. Just I think out they of, should. Just out of humor, like, just keep the same voice. Um, but it would be interesting to see how they are, you know, a little bit older and, you know, if they've changed at all. I could imagine Dale's probably completely bald at this point. Someone, oh, completely bald. Be bald. Also, his voice might be deeper, too, because of how much uh, cigarettes that he's been inhaling over the years. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, that's another. See, and we could always go back to favorite episodes. That's another one, like when he tried to sue the tobacco company. Yeah, oh. I'm surprised you didn't bring up that one. See, because there's so many of them. Right. That, I, that's actually probably one of my top three favorites is that tobacco. Yeah. That suing that tobacco company. Um, I actually have a random question for you, Jack. Yep. Out of the holiday episodes, which one is your favorite? It could be Thanksgiving or Christmas. One of the holiday episodes. The holiday Does the Y two K one count? Sure, why not? Yeah, I like the Y two K one. Like what Peggy um, is, yeah, no, that does count uh, when she gets a new computer or supposedly a new computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I like that one because of. <laughs> People freak out about the year 2000 as to what Y2K is supposed to be, Ooh. how technology is going to take over the world, like iRobot and all that stuff. But we all know what happened. Listen, it's 2022. We're still here. And we still, for the most part, run technology. Technology is not running us. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Anyway. Uh, just give it another century. Yeah, let's give it another century, another 100 <laughs> years. But anyway, that is my favorite holiday special uh, episode. What's your favorite holiday episode? I'm kind of stuck between uh, the two Thanksgiving episodes when uh, Hank and the family decide to go visit Peggy's side of the family. And uh, they get they have a terrible airport experience. I don't know. That's just probably because I... I live and breathe that and yeah. the other one is the spin the choice episode when um they talk of where bobby pretty much is a native american advocate at that point oh yeah that's a good one that's a good one and then the last one is when bill decides to become santa and has that float up in his house yeah and then tries to adopt that one kid who who's kind of like a not really a bum but he is a bum yeah there's so much that we could talk about in the King of the Hill. And you know what, guys? We might have to make another episode about King of the Hill. Um, <laughs> we might have to do some episode reviews at some point within the future on this series because we're such big fans of it. But why don't we just go ahead and wrap this up? Why don't we just go ahead and wrap up this podcast? And um, let's give everyone a little treat uh, when it comes to this podcast. Okay, everybody, that does it for this episode of the Malarkey Adventures with Jack and Shelly. And Shelly, we got a little surprise for everybody. Oh, I think I know what it is. Oh, this is going to be fun. So, guys, um, maybe you remember what we talked about in this, um, this podcast. So, one of the episodes was 
uh, when Bobby Hill went to a a certain concert by Four Score, they were um, and that's where Hank freaked out. He had this whole anime shock look to him, this ultimate portrayal. Guys, to, before we're going to end this episode off in a very unique way. We actually have the full song of Four Score, Freak Friction, which. For a long time, if you're a diehard fan, you were looking for this song. You were trying to find it on YouTube and all these illegal websites. But today, we have the exclusive full song of Four Score. Are you ready for it, honey? Bring it on. All right, guys. Make sure to take care and come get your dose of malarkey. malarkey. Have a good day. Tally ho.